0: Hello, I'm Connie Rotella, and welcome to our Triple Thread podcast. I'm super excited to begin this journey with all of you. Are you ready to put your best foot forward and show up with confidence? This tool is here to help you evolve into the artist you are meant to be. Just always remember to believe, become, and be ready. Add a new skill set or refine what you already know. So here we go. A happy new year to all of you listeners that are tuning in to Industry Talk. I am so happy that you use this as a toolbox to. Answer all your questions about the industry. I make it a point to bring in experts that are able to share not only the technical side of the business, but also all the facets and everything we need to know to go in with ease, simplicity, with a lot of hard work and passion. Our next guest is Daniel Murphy. He is a triple threat, he's a passionate storyteller. He's been doing this for over 20 years on different stages all across the world, on screen, and he is here to share what he will be bringing to the Academy in the scene work classes. I'm excited for you to meet him because he is one of a kind. Here he is, Daniel Murphy on Industry Talk. Thanks for having me. Let's begin. So you've been doing this for like over 20 years, and you are one of the lucky ones that works in the French, in the English side. Um, you also do film and stage and that's that's a beauty when i tell everybody train in everything just because you open every single door there is out there how do you feel about being this triple threat um this passionate storyteller that you are i
1: feel pretty privileged in some way to be able to do multiple things in in something that i love and i always felt like it was hard um cuz a lot of people told me oh well you have to choose one thing if you really want to make it whatever that means anyway Uh, In in life, you you should really focus and master one thing, but I was always inspired by the old MGM movies like Gene Kelly, or when I look at a modern day example of Hugh Jackman and stuff, uh, where you have someone that could be a great actor in a film, they could also dance, they could sing, and I just felt like um, more and more, I think musical theater performers are being trusted to also uh, not be just limited to musicals, for example, but I feel that I've always just been drawn uh, to so many different uh, facets of this, of the, of the arts. And, you know, when you think of the Renaissance, not that I'm going to say I'm Leonardo da Vinci at all, but I mean, there was, there was a lot of people get to cultivate so many different aspects. And I think since even ancient Greek times, learning different arts and, and developing other skills really makes one a well rounded human being. And I think, uh, why not pursue all of them? And I've decided to to just do that and not limit myself. And it's been, you know, actually very fruitful in a practical sense too, because living as an artist isn't always easy. And having, you know, in French they say it's Son Arc, it's it's it just really helps to um, you know, make ends meet sometimes. If I'm doing like a piano gig and singing here, and then I do a commercial or I get a few days on set. Or I do play that all these different things add up for my bread and butter, as well as just enjoying what I do.
0: I keep saying that to everybody, just learn other skill sets, add it, to do it all. And it is fun. Is there one that you prefer over the other? Or how does it work for you?
1: Storytelling is at the heart of all of them.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So it's really hard to say I prefer one over the other, because I think it's when I tap into that love or that joy of, of what I'm doing in, in each of them. It, it's kind of like it, you reach the same kind of space or zone that I think is, is very fulfilling. It's about communicating a message or, or tapping into something deep inside oneself. Uh, for me, music has always seemed to be like a, another language for me because I grew up in a very musical family. So music didn't really seem like it was something I learned. It just seemed to be part of me. Mm-hmm. So uh, in high school, I had always wanted to be an actor uh, when I was even in grade one, um, my teacher asked us to draw in our book. What do you want to be when you grow up? And I drew myself into television. And, um, so I never really thought of music as a separate thing, but I always wanted to act, but I was very shy in high school. And then I joined the first high school musicals. And, uh, all of a sudden I was able to suddenly learn choreography and apply music and act. And it really got me out of my, uh, uh, got me out of my kind of shy zone and acting was was great for that because music was kind of a great way to communicate or just be in my own space and practice but the acting and the dancing really required me to be more in my body and engaged um with others so that aspect of it each one of them i feel has their their special and just going back to your question to refocus, but if i have one that i prefer more than the other but i think um each one has a special element that is fun to do um, to explore and express. But ultimately, it's the the feeling of of story which I find beautiful in all yeah. of them.
0: And you are a storyteller, and we feel it every time we're in your presence, the story is everything to you, whether you're singing, whether you're speaking, whether you're sharing, um, just like you're doing with us today. Storytelling is definitely one of your strong points. And, you know, it's beautiful to hear you say it in grade one. I drew myself in that television. Um, It's amazing how it starts so young Right, we know, but we just don't know how it's gonna, you know, come together. And then you joined the musical theater showcases and you know the school programs. But what did you study in?
1: After high school, I auditioned for McGill for music, yeah. and uh, as well as Western University, and I auditioned at Sheridan College um, for musical theater. Yeah. I always knew that, that I wanted to do uh, performing arts and that was actually a crossroads I had a really hard time choosing because I got accepted in, in, in all of those uh, the universities and the college but um, I decided to go the musical theater route because I just didn't see myself focusing only on classical piano or voice at the time and I really wanted to continue uh, acting and dancing and singing so since I couldn't choose I was like well let's go to a performing arts school and develop all of them.
0: Mm -hmm. So would you say you're a quadruple threat because you're also a musician? So dancer, singer, actor, musician.
1: Sure. And I love writing as well. And
0: writer. How do you feel that you have evolved throughout the years as an artist? That's a good question.
1: I think I'll always be evolving. As you get older, you start to become more at ease or more at peace with different aspects of yourself. So I find... My own personal development really just naturally feeds into my art. So the more experience I get or the more I've been exposed to different directors or producers or castmates, uh, it naturally has an effect on you and your personal growth as a human being. But I find the more work you do on yourself and the more you're at peace with yourself, I think the more you could just get out of your own way and get to work.
0: Thank you for saying that because we're starting the new year and I feel like we don't know how to feel. We want to make resolutions. We want to go towards our dreams. We don't know how to go about it. How do you take on the new year?
1: I was thinking about that a lot this year. No, I think there's an amazing momentum. Uh, It's one of my favorite times of the year. Actually, New Year's Day is usually instead of um, having the big blowout night on the New Year's Eve, my favorite is actually to reflect on the year and have a calm start and just on the first really kind of revisualize see where i'm going um but this year for me because it could get overwhelming because a lot of the times in this in this business if you're lucky to have like tons of projects booked in advance great you know what your year is going to be and everything sometimes that's not the case and that's okay you could have periods in your life where you're working all the time and then there's years where you don't so how do you become at peace with that and also what do you do with that i think a lot of the times there's this go 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 energy to make everything happen but mm-hmm. for now i don't necessarily think that's the, the my mindset currently no i think it's more about trusting in the intentions and the the work that i've put into my life and just trusting that all my my dreams and all the opportunities are right there and to just trust my heart and just uh, I'm most excited actually I just finished a degree at uh, Concordia last year and I went back because I wanted to be surrounded by a younger generation and to also fine fine-tune my skills as a singer so I'm excited every day actually that I have this time right now while I'm at home to just practice singing or uh, to do some scenes uh, do some writing so for me, all of those things, just uh, to keeping oneself refreshed and inspired, I find is a is a great way to to keep things going. My mindset is this year is just about trusting the work, and I feel it's just a, a snowball right now, and to just enjoy every moment.
0: I love that, uh, Daniel. I'm just going to share a little thing that I I felt this year in the new year. Um, as we age, <laughs> as we evolve and become the next uh, version of ourselves, it was so weird because for me, it was like literally letting go on another level. It's like, I didn't, I didn't, care. And I don't want to use a word. I didn't care. Cause I do care. And I'm full of energy and I'm all about go, go, go and taking mm-hmm. action and doing something you love to do all in a positive environment and not, not to push something that doesn't feel right. But this year I was like, Ooh, with everything that has happened in the last three years. And it hasn't even affected me because I've always, I always do what I love to do. I'm always surrounded with, you know, beauty. And I feel like I'm always there living in that, that positive mindset. But this year I'm like, Wow, it's heavy. A lot of things are heavy. And how do you keep giving when the world is heavy? And in my position, that's that's where I'm at because it's all about the next generation. I really want to give to the next generation. I'm embarking you in the academy too. There's all these coaches. We are here to keep going and to keep that momentum um fired up, you know. But there was a, a sense of me going You know what? What matters is knowing who we are, not knowing the next contract or next project or next, you know, all that recap. I got exhausted watching or feeling my last 40 years on this earth. I'm like, can I just breathe? Can I just be? Can I just live? Can I, you know, like not have to worry about tomorrow and just trust? And you said we're trusting, you know, like we're moving forward in the trust area. But it's also we don't know how long we have. We don't know what could happen tomorrow. We don't know. And I don't want to go into that negative talk. It's just more of a realization going, why are we limiting ourselves? Just like you started off the interview saying, I don't want to limit myself. I want to do everything. And when I have conversation with people, that's the kind of conversation I want to have moving forward is listening to people going forward and it's okay we don't know we have to trust we do we stay warmed up we do this we do that so it's kind of that new approach where i feel like especially the next generation not knowing where they're going i feel like it's so we're living on an unstable times everybody's unstable teachers are unstable we're unstable it's like where do we hook on or how like i mean if it's not our foundation and our roots where do we hold on to anymore I think that's what my my big question was of this year going, oh my god, where am I gonna hold on to? Because we're all evolving, we're all becoming, we all don't know where we're going. Yeah. So what do we hold on to?
1: Yeah. Well, it's that classic saying, right? The only constant thing is change. So I yeah. think the more adaptable you could be. And you know, as as much as it could be frightening something, it doesn't necessarily have to be negative to say how much time do we have because we, we don't know. I, I was actually going to a uh Probably one of the most beautiful funerals uh, I've been to uh, just uh, just before the new year on uh, the 29th of December. This uh, young 24-year-old uh, guy died in, a, in this tragic car accident. But there was so much love in him and his family and the impact he had in that short time. And, you know, we say how much time do we have, but it, it was a, just a perfect example of... Um, they showed footage of this young man and he was talking about his mother was interviewing him and he was like <laughs> giving her these answers and And she, one of his uh, she was saying what do you what do you say to young people nowadays and what they should focus on because a lot of people struggle with where, where like you were just saying where should I go where, where should I focus my energy and at this very young age he had gone to a um, environmental recreo tourism kind of college in, in Gaspésie. And uh, he also owned his first house and that was one of his dreams and he had just become a firefighter for uh, uh, fighting forest fires and uh, he was basically saying don't go uh, chasing the money because the money will follow but just really try a bunch of stuff just enjoy and and try a bunch of things and see right away what are the things that you're more drawn to or what do you want to do and I thought that was great advice for anybody at this time regardless of your age not just young people because I think you know as you get older too I think it, it gets scarier to try things and or you want the kind of level of comfort but I think the more you could be growing and and trying and different things I think it really it really feeds you and and you have this life, right? So how do you want to live it and make the most of it?
0: Now, that's the message I had to come through today. Thank you. <laughs> yes. And and it just excited me, just changed my energy because that's what excites me, trying something new every day. I never stop learning. I just, I am a ball of energy that wants to learn every day or else I get too bored. I'm like, I'm so bored doing the same thing over and over. So let's learn. Let's meet new people. Let's change it up. Let's focus. Let's see how I can start something and finish it. I love that. You know, the journey of starting something and finishing, whether it's cooking, whether it's taking a session of you know, you going back to school with some, Mm -hmm. you you know, a young generation, and let's go back into singing. And, you know, that excites me. And I think that excites you too. Is there anything else that excites you in this world that you're living in?
1: Well, I'm excited about uh, not just the singing every day, but uh, doing some scenes, uh, learning from other people. I think every time um, you get together and and read a story or, or work through some scenes, it's just, it's incredible what happens uh, for everybody involved. And I think you you, you learn so much uh, through every character or every story you encounter, I think, if you allow yourself to go to those places. Uh, so I'm excited about that this year. And I, I won't talk too much about <laughs> a potential, some research I've been doing about challenging myself actually. oh, uh, Constantly be learning and doing things, but yeah. I have an old dream that's in my little trunk of dreams. And uh, I was just, Are you going to
0: share with us.
1: I will eventually. Yes.
0: Okay. Uh, you're going to share with us eventually. Yeah, okay. So yeah. for now, I want to know, how do you approach a scene? When a scene comes to you, how do you approach? What's the first step?
1: I like to just not make any decisions about anything, just read it and and see what, what emotions come up. Mm-hmm. And, uh, not necessarily read it out loud right away, just read through it and, uh, listen to the other characters in my head, obviously. Yeah. And, and then I think seeing what happens inside me, what feelings come up, how does my breath change? Uh, is there, do I start having kind of judgments about a character or, or do I start having insights right away? I think it's, I think it's an interesting process that's unique for everybody. But for me, I like to start it just still and reading. And actually before even just reading, if, if, if I have the chance, it depends how fast, let's say it's for an audition or something, if I have um, the time to meet with somebody and just read it, the scene neutrally, I find that is a great way to start um, because you have no pre- preconceived notions. You're really just like a blank canvas. And it's incredibly powerful to see what happens naturally Wow, uh, what comes out of a story. So for me, that's uh, a great way to start and to, to just actually really connect with my breath.
0: That that is perfect because not everybody does that. Okay, let's rewind a little bit. So you just receive a scene, and hey, let me call a friend. Let's just go for it and see where it's going to bring us. Instead of putting the pressure on you, going, I have to learn these lines and I have to make choices.
1: Yeah, I've learned there's different ways people work and different things, and and I've had the chance to. To uh, work with some great acting coaches and in, in schools and the one that I've uh, that one technique mm-hmm. um, that I've put in my toolbox, yes. I find is very efficient. And I've seen uh, I've seen a lot of great things uh, witnessing when that happens. Mm-hmm. And just for me just trusting as well what 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 comes out of that for me, it's, it's actually easier to learn lines after for me once you tap into the story first. Uh, you know kind of why you're saying things as opposed to just learning lines.
0: When it is for an audition and the speed has to be a little bit faster because you have to give in a self-tape or you have to show up like two days later, would it be the same approach?
1: You know, after a while you get to know yourself. I think you get sharper. I think you're able to access different things quicker Mm -hmm. as you begin trusting yourself and your own process. Mm -hmm. And I find that I'm able to jump in much faster now to feel what I need to feel. But still, I I, basically to answer your question, yes, I I still think it's important to approach it that way, even if it's fast. Mm -hmm. Um, I might not, I I might get quicker, I might (laughs) not read it as many times uh, in in a certain way or or neutrally. But uh, definitely, I think, right away, it's, it's, it's a great place to start.
0: What do you do to stay warmed up every day to really be in your art?
1: Yeah, I think physical exercise is important. It doesn't have to be some crazy workout regimen. I just got back from Vienna and I went to Innerstadt Staatsoper opera because I was going to see one of my favorite uh, tenors perform. And ironically, <laughs> he wasn't there that night because he was sick and I was like, can you believe it? I'm there. But uh, what, I, what was I, what was really interesting on the way home uh, because of that, I was curious, but on the plane. There was, uh, because it was uh, Lufthansa, so they had these German programs, and there was this whole uh, workshop of him um, going through his warm-ups. And it was just interesting, because even though I didn't have the the joy of seeing him sing on stage, just timing-wise, I had never got to sit through a full, like, watching how this one of my singers uh, warms up. And a lot of the physical exercises are things I actually do on a daily basis. But it was was surprising to see, for example, an opera singer doing these type of sit-ups or yoga moves and different things. And and, uh, essentially, whether you're acting, you're singing, I think ultimately you need to get your body engaged. It's so important. Breath is the most important. Um, So I think whatever opens your body... Uh, obviously I can't, um, show exercises on the mic right now, but there are some very key things that, that help, uh, get your diaphragm, get your, get your whole instrument going. So I think voice and breath, uh, as an actor are, are crucial. And I think you need to get into your body and, um, those things help to really, the more you open and prepare your body, uh, for whatever audition you have or whatever scene you're going to do, just things, uh, will come much quicker. And I think you have so much more to offer after.
0: So, you know, in improv with Enigma Turn, she always starts us off with a breath exercise. So we spend five minutes breathing even before we start to get into our body. And I think it's just amazing um, what it does to us because right now you're you're only focusing on your breath that's all you're doing so you're just starting off there so yeah. if you're uncomfortable well anyways you're going to start getting comfortable at one point because we do it week after week another thing is to be consistent with this kind of warm up right or be consistent so when you say breath work how long do you take uh, or what do you do exactly when you say breath work because not a lot of people do it not a lot of people are aware of it but maybe you can share something you do that can help us
1: yeah i think there's different things i think eventually you get to know your body but there could be a bit uh, breathing that's a bit more dynamic if you want to energize your body. I think most of all it's about opening your, your physical space in your body, right? Yes. So yes. breath expands uh, your lungs, your rib cage, uh, everything that has to do with voice, uh, especially if you're going to do a lot of theater. And regardless of theater, even voice work in a studio, you have to know how to use your voice and to have a, a, a healthy instrument. Uh, in order to do different things and to sustain, be able to be heard, for example, or to if you have to scream or do different things, how does your voice stay in good shape? Different types of breath, uh, for example, it doesn't have to be very long. Uh, if I am going to do a singing warm up, that serves me as an actor actually, after because it kind of covers my my whole body. Mm-hmm. But um, once again, if it's uh, a few yoga stretches and poses to breathe into in, in your body, that's one way. If you are feeling a bit more anxious in you depending on your character what's going on uh but if you want to come from a a more neutral space too there's there's some great ways to to kind of slow down your breath in order to be able to kind of take things in Mm -hmm. uh and just come from a different place this brings you back to to a neutral space but also there's sometimes if i'm feeling more tired i i actually need to kind of get more dynamic so my Mm -hmm. body kind of wakes up Uh, Because, you know, sometimes if you're too, too calm, which I tend to be very calm natured, it could actually also be in my way because I I also need a different fire to get certain characters going or different things. So this is the perfect example of how it's interesting to have multiple aspects as an artist, whether you're if you get to sing, you get to act like I, I feel very fortunate to be able to do different ones because they feed into each other so as a singer i know for example where my voice is at uh and uh that will also tell my body okay what do i need today so the more you're trying things the more you're exercising the more you're warming up the more you know your body the more you know yourself if i know i'm gonna have a show tonight and uh it feels super easy this morning i feel my body's in a good place wonderful that's great but what do you do on the days when it doesn't feel that way and you don't have to panic but what are your go-tos what are the things that do that work for you and also what does this character require from me so sometimes it can be exhausting certain roles or certain stories require a lot so how are you going to prepare your body to be able to channel and and that that story and, and give it your best
0: I love that you shared all that because listeners, I get excited. You have to see me. You don't see me, but I'm getting really excited because he hit it. When I was listening to him, I'm like, all the questions I get, I get, what is this going to serve me? If I'm an actor, I don't want to sing. Or what is this going to serve me? Why do I need to move? And I'm like, when you're able to do more than one thing, you'll understand how when you put it all together, just like Daniel Murphy is saying and speaking about it, that you put it together. I don't know what I need today. So I have the tools in my toolbox to use. Whether it's physical movement, whether it's my voice of uh, my vocal warm-ups, whether it's my scene work, it's like you just put it all together, you mix it up, and it becomes you. So go out there and do your research. Another thing is do your research. Do you do research still today? <laughs> yeah,
1: of course. Yeah, yeah, yeah.
0: Yeah, we all do. And I feel like that's an, a major step in your career. If this is something you want to do, if you research what this will add to what you want to do or what you say you want to achieve, then go out there. There are people out there. There are coaches. There are teachers. Um, he just came back from a trip where he wanted to go see his favorite singer, um, but he was sick. <laughs> so, but you still learned a few things by by being there and watching him warm up.
1: It was interesting to see how the entire Opera House dealt with this issue, um, with having no uh, tenor be able to come in on time to... Wow. to- replace him. Basically the point is I I learned a lot even watching the way this production had had managed things and and also how would I have done this differently, you know or you could learn from everything.
0: So you, you've you been on Stratford, you've been in Paris, you've been in Montreal, you've been a little bit all over the world on stage. Is there one fondest memories that, you know, a memory that you want to share with us?
1: Yeah, I mean, immediately you said Paris and and my whole being lit up. Uh, I think that was such a wonderful contract to be able to work with such a, a great cast in one of the most beautiful cities in the world. It's in which
0: a- musical? Chicago?
1: Chicago. Yeah.
0: <laughs> that was fun that must have been really amazing to do and the fact that it started off here in Montreal and it went yes. there yeah first French production yeah
1: and we got to work with the Broadway team you know a Broadway choreographer and director so it's it's been fantastic to be exposed to so many different directors and choreographers and just golden nuggets everywhere
0: Oh, um, on set. Is there any memories that you want to share with us? Something that you remembered that you you'll, you'll take it for the rest of your life. Yeah.
1: Most recently, actually the production, I was in three pines. Uh, I was more of an o- ensemble uh, member in that piece, but the entire company and the um, I got to work with Tracy Deer um, uh, and Sam Donovan, and they were both fantastic. Uh, to work with and the, the production company that everybody was treated in, in, in such a, a great way. And, and just the overall vibe, and, um, the time that I spent on this production was very empowering and very fulfilling. Mm-hmm. And that's a great example of regardless of how big your role is or whatever happens in this, is ironically, exactly. this The one in Paris, I was an ensemble in Chicago and, and this uh, project here, I was kind of an ensemble villager of Three Pines. But I learned so, so, so much from these projects. And most importantly, I had such a great time It's already airing on Amazon. Yeah.
0: Oh, it is. Oh my God. I have to start checking it out. Good. Did you Mm -hmm. appear on it already?
1: Yeah, 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 yeah.
0: Okay. I'm going to go back and take a look at all that. Um, What else is in your toolbox that you want to share with the next generation or anybody, any generation?
1: I don't know if it's a question of one specific thing, as opposed to the the range of experiences I've had, I guess, is something I would love to share with others. I find I, I've had the great fortune in, in my own unique path of, of the different artists and, and uh, creative teams I've worked with and the richness of my experience in the different um, skill sets I've had and I continue to develop, I think... I would love to have more opportunity to just share that experience. But what drives uh, all of those things is is really a sense of empowerment. I think I would like to help empower uh, other artists to really know themselves, to trust themselves and just have the most fantastic time doing what they love. I think it's so important to do what you love,
0: mm-hmm.
1: but to really be to really own, own who you are. And I think that's a journey <laughs> of a lifetime that I'm continuing to, to, to be on and to grow. And I would like to share what I have uh, at this point and to continue to, to do so in the future. But I would also love to, I think the best way to share is it's really a question of sharing. I think you have to also be open to receive and learn, Mm -hmm. uh, continue learning from the experience of sharing from what other people have to offer.
0: Daniel Murphy will be teaching the scene work um, program. And I'm excited for all of you to meet him. I'm excited for all of you to be in the same room as him Because like he says, he's ready to share and he has a lot of good things to share with us. And it's always great to learn from different people. Get on it, get into scene work program and maybe re-listen to everything he shared today on this podcast because there's a lot of tools that you're listening, but are you really listening? Whatever you said today really came in touch a few points that I need to work on. So thank you for that, Daniel. And do you have a dream? Is there something that you're like, ha, this year I want to get this in? my you don't have to share everything but is there something like specific
1: well first of all thank you for inviting me to share this time with you it's it's always an interesting process just to to reflect and and to to see where we're at with things um to answer your question about my dreams this year i think all my dreams are already there i I kind of wrote uh, i was inspired by a poem when i was in um in vienna in december there was this at one of the christmas markets there was this big heart Uh, that was kind of gliding on these strings, these wires towards this tree that had hearts everywhere. And this big heart just went towards that tree and then all the lights in the tree came on. And it's it's the most simple image, but the feeling that I had when I was there uh, of just being present and just being grateful. And then that's, uh, instead of being worried about my dreams and where I'm going, I was just excited it just felt like my heart knows exactly where it's going and I saw that it lit up this tree that for me is my life and and. uh, All the little desires and dreams and and skills and I I know they're all going to have their moment and this time to 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 be um, illuminated and to be experienced. So my dreams are already there. I have, I'm so fortunate to to be alive, to continue to do what I love. And for me, it's just like a, a snowball. I'm just going to continue growing.
0: What a powerful image to end off this interview with Daniel Murphy. And I can't wait to see you in the Academy.
1: Thank you so much for having me.
0: All right. Have a good day, everyone.